Hey there, and welcome and once again to Pastors of the North podcast. If this is your first time joining us, welcome, welcome. Um, today we're going to be talking about the rhythm of life and, uh, and how it's a choice. So stay tuned and get something great out of this. Ready, begin. Welcome back to Pastors of the North, good people of the risen King who delight to bring him praise. You are listening to our podcast. And today, when you get this, it's probably February 12th. It's in the future from when we are right now. Hey, welcome back. We're glad that you're part of our, we, we get to be part of your day. And if you're enjoying Passages of the North, we encourage you to subscribe, leave a comment, rate it on iTunes, follow along on Spotify or whatever your favorite land is where you listen to things like this. Do it. It's fun for the whole family. Hey, so the last few episodes, we were talking to Brian about his journey, his epic saga through the land of following Jesus <laughs> and all that that in, in, entails. Um, and we're done that now. <laughs> so, yeah, so here we are. And actually today, this week, um, we've both been reading like crazy people. Mm, yes. And so, <laughs> and so <laughs> um, yeah, we've been reading quite a bit, actually. Um, and that's fun. But Brian, actually, he, so the other day, Brian was saying he was reading a couple things. I, I'm going to get Brian to share what he's been reading because he's been reading a couple things and they all started kind of coinciding and getting him thinking about um, some common themes regarding Christian living and rule of life and rhythms of life and and uh, a whole bunch of stuff. And so I'm going to get Brian to share some of the books he's been reading. We'll put the, maybe put the books in the description below if you want to check those out for yourself. And some of the things that he just felt the Lord was really kind of putting on his heart as he was reading along. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to pass it primarily to Brian, I think. And I'll probably have some questions along the way. But um, Brian, why don't you take it away and just tell us about these books? What was meaningful to you? Why do you think people should read them? And what maybe jumped out? Why were they Why are they important at this point, I guess, right. in your life? Because they kind of just showed up, you said. You kept getting books and then being like, hey, this relates to that other book yeah, I got. Yeah, so yeah. here you go. Yeah, that's fair. Well, so I mean realistically um the journey if you will of of this theme started a couple of years ago well a year and a half ago at our um, acop uh, district yeah yeah Retre row days or re retreat thing. i call it a retreat yeah and uh and there actually Vernon Ross was um talking mm. a lot about mental health and whatnot right. and yep. he had kind of set the set the tone of the rhythm of life and and whatnot um which then when we were recording our episodes with, uh, with pastor Al, I don't know. It seems like a while back now. Yep. Um, Christmas. Yeah, I guess it was. Um, we had talked with him about, you know, pastoral ministry and the rhythm of life and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really interesting. Now, one of the books that I, I picked up actually at our retreat, um, was by Wayne Cadero, Cordero, um, yep, called sure. leading on empty. So it's, it's a leadership book. But yeah. it's um, it's very much about taking care of yourself, mental health aspect. Um, he's a pastor. Yeah, he's a pastor. I think in Hawaii. And some stuff was not great. Yeah, he had some <laughs> trouble. He had right. so he he found himself with some health issues and stuff. And essentially, he was told, you know, you have to take a leave of absence, take time off. Or it's going to be real bad for you. <laughs> right. Like his health just really started to decline rapidly. Right. 
And so he, he had taken a sabbatical um, and through it, um, the book is kind of talking about a lot of his discoveries and, and whatnot about rhythm through that. And, and he, what did he do? Like he just stopped. I, I think and he really ended up to take stock of his life. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took he took a couple months off. Um, he spent a week or ten days or something at. Uh, I think it was like a, a Catholic monastery or something. I, feel like I've heard, I might have heard of this. Before. Yeah, yeah, where he he like they had vows of silence. Yeah, he just said so like he, he sat there with his own thoughts. He just had to deal with his own thoughts. Yes, mass of our thoughts. If any of you have ever tried to practice <laughs> the discipline of silence. Which sounds kind of funny to some of us, but it's actually really healthy because it it helps you realize what a how distracted and what a mess your internal thought life is, and and usually your your frustrations and anger will come to the surface. Right. Yeah. So. So yeah. yeah. So he he kind of he had some of that in there, but it, the first few days he said were just were horrible for him. Like mm. it was just it was hard because he was always so busy and doing like addicted things. to his busyness. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of both these books that I'm I'm going to talk about really touch on that. Mm. And so with with this, so then he he goes on to he spends time actually taking stock, realizing several different things. And now because he's been in ministry for such a long time, sabbatical is actually an annual occurrence for him um like since this initial yes since this initial crisis breakdown or whatever yeah when he went on his leave so yes they've chosen to build in annual rest periods right yes so he he's i mean technically i guess it could be his holidays or whatever but i think it's a, a month a month or something every every summer he has off wow um and and there's actually some really startling statistics in here about people in ministry. Sorry, yeah, yeah um, right near the beginning, um, some statistics about how um, the stress of ministry, especially in in, in pastoral ministry, yeah. if not addressed, um, like between suicide <laughs> rates, be great. depression issues, um, divorce being one of the highest highest. Um, professions where there's divorce that's crazy like it's crazy so he addresses a lot of that too in there but so a lot of pastors burn out at the 20 year mark and leave ministry okay it's it's a it's actually a statistic apparently yeah wow and so there's a lot of talk about about that and how you know what seven years is kind of a there needs to be built in some sabbatical just because of the things that pastoral ministry you end up dealing with Wow. Right? Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right? and Says the guy who's going on sabbatical. Exactly. Well, months. and realistically, the, like, <laughs> yes, we, we won't go into that story. But um, I, this this book really opened my eyes to a lot oh, of things. Oh, yeah. Here, okay, so here's some odds. Yes. Can I read some of these? Yes, yes. So absolutely. here's some of the odds. I'm going to take this in my hand. So here's some here's some odds. Um, so this is, again, Wayne Cordero, Leading on Empty. This is page 32. Uh, and he's quoting H.B. London Jr.'s great work called Pastors at Greater Risk. And here's some of the startling statistics that Brian was talking about. 80% believe that, and I'm guessing this is pastors, they were I believe they were surveying. Yeah. yeah, 80% believe that pastoral ministry affects their families negatively. 33% say that being in ministry is an outright hazard to their family. I don't know if I would say that. 75% report they've had significant stress-related crisis at least once in their ministry. I definitely have. 50% feel unable to meet the needs of the job. Yep. 
90% feel they're inadequately trained to cope with ministry demands. Um, I don't feel that way. I felt that way initially. Right. And then I, then I went to Regent and Regent's the best. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, but I do feel that was really helpful. This is tough. Yeah, 25% of pastors' wives see their husband's work schedule as a source of conflict. Mm -hmm. Those in ministry are equally likely to have their marriage end in divorce as general church members. Clergy has the second highest divorce rate among all professions. Wow. 80% of pastors say they have insufficient time with their spouse. 56% of, pastor, of pastors' wives say they have no close friends. 45% of pastors' wives say the greatest danger to them and their family is physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual burnout, which is like almost half a lot of these. 52% of pastors say they and their spouses believe that being in pastoral ministry is hazardous to their family's well-being and health. 45.5% of pastors say they've experienced depression or burnout to the extent that they need to take a leave of absence from ministry. Yep. 70% believe they do not have someone they consider a close friend. That's wild, hey? Mm -hmm. Those are... Those are pretty, pretty intense numbers. Absolutely. Yeah. And so when, when you start to piece all that together, so he leads off in the book, this is very early on that he's, he's doing this. And so again, keep in mind, this is a leadership book. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's definitely geared towards those in, in uh, ministry leadership. Um, and so he touches on that. He touches on the depression aspect and actually brings in a lot of the science too, about how our bodies, you know, we, we function on, I can't even remember the specifics, but if it's serotonin that we function on, and when that runs out, we move on to using up our adrenaline. Oh, sure. Okay. And yeah. when you're using adrenaline that much, it creates. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's, there's a lot there that really, really plays in. Mm -hmm. So he discovered through all of this that there's, he needs a rhythm to his life. Now he actually, he presents something that I found very interesting mm. and, um, in the next book that I read, they actually present sort of the same idea. Mm. Um, and I'll talk about them next, but uh, he, he kind of talks about something that they called the, the uh, Hebrew day planner is essentially what it was. So essentially your day is, is divided into two 12 hour periods mm. from 6am to 6pm mm -hmm. is your work time, your work day. So, right. you know, you go to work, the daylight you time, do your chores. Of, yeah. 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 And then um, the evening time is more your relationship and rest. Now, Cadero here actually talks more about that aspect, the rest aspect, um, and how in Genesis, and I thought this was just, it was kind mm. of a mind blow here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Genesis, it says that then there is evening mm -hmm. and then there is morning. So, it's the, talking the about the first day or the, second day. Yeah, 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 the first day, then there is evening and then there is morning. So, he's they're they're putting an emphasis on the evening when you rest being the beginning of your day yes, essentially yes. and so he talks about how rest is like that that's what comes first and then you do your work right so it's not we work so that we can go home and rest up mm. it's we rest up so that we can go to work right so the priority again this is a very hebrew idea is the day starts at sundown right so right. instead of the day shifting at 12 midnight, yeah. your day shifts from one day to the next at sundown. Right. And at sundown, at the 6 p.m., essentially, yeah. is, is the beginning of the day, evening, then morning. Yeah. And so I'm starting my day at home 
thinking about my relationships, absolutely investing in my family, caring for my body and my soul through rest. Yep. Um, and sleep. Yep. And then I wake up and from that place of having rested, taken time with family, taken time with the Lord, then I'm prepared to go into my work day right. to do the 6 a.m. to the 6 p.m. of daylight. Right. But I start with the evening, then I do morning. Yep. Okay. And and really, I mean, it's a frame of mind. Like right. It doesn't, it doesn't physically change our day or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But there is an aspect of this that... It, it's it's the mentality of it, and it's reframing our mindset right. to how we how we live our lives. So yeah. it's that yeah. rhythm. It's the rhythm again. Yeah, and and just choosing to pay attention to that and live into that instead of just sort of right. trying to keep by. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. So then, and you mentioned the relationship part of it, which is really good because that leads into so then the the next book that I had read. Well, it wasn't the next one, but. That related to this. That related yeah, to yeah. this was, it was called Real Simplicity. Um, and it was an expanded version of one called Making Room for Life. And okay. that's by Roseanne and Randy Frazzi. Frazzi? Sure. I'm not sure how to say it. Um, but it's not at all the book that I was expecting to be okay. reading. Yeah. And then I started reading it. The first chapter, they open up and they're saying, your typical American family, here's what their day looks like. Okay. And it starts with them getting up in the morning, getting ready for work, rushing out to do the commute. Next parent rushes out with the kids to get Mm. them to school. Mm -hmm. Everybody's at work till five. And then there's the activities after, but you got to bring all the kids to one activity, wait for dad to come pick up the other kid from that activity to bring them to their activity on the way home. Mom and kid one stop to get fast food. And like, it's just, it's it's constantly going wild, which I mean, I'm not there at that point in my life. Our kids are not in all these activities. And especially with COVID, we're yeah. we're definitely not running around, right. right? But I do know I've talked to families mm-hmm. who have said that, right? That they are they've dealt with this and it's it's a huge commitment and they never really get to spend the time together. This book mm-hmm. is kind of addressing that relational aspect mm-hmm. and saying we're we're spending so much time running around doing everything that we're not actually spending time getting to know our friends, our family really on a deeper level. And they bring in that Hebrew day planner. So this Mm. is where they're the ones that call it the Hebrew day planner. And they focus. So where, where Cordero focused on the rest aspect, these guys focus on that. Yeah. Relationships and rest. So they start off with the relationships and they actually talk a lot about too. um, they use the um, the Bedouins, um, okay, yeah, Hebrew Bedouins as uh, a, an example of the rhythm of life, where mm. they're based very much on an agrarian culture, right? So they're yeah. nomadic. They work in daylight, yeah, and they spend time with their family and rest. And when when it's the dark. sun sets, they're done. We're done work because yes. we're not. We're not using electric light to right. try and do exactly more. right and they're still doing that today that's not something in the past they're, they're still, out still there. nomadic peoples out yes, there, there are. <laughs> yeah. and so they focus a lot more on the relationship once the sun goes down their work is done they don't do more work yeah right they spend time with their their family 
and mm. through that, and actually, so there's a, another book I recently read. It was the family worship book, and I can't remember who that mm -hmm. one was by. Yeah, yeah. We'll, um, put, it, we'll put them, yeah, put them in the, yeah, we'll in the bottom in there so too. If you're, anyone's interested. So they were talking about using the evening time as yeah. a time to spend with your family, with God, and passing along. And and the Prazis talked about it too. Yeah, um, passing along the um, the knowledge of God, essentially. Yeah. Um, in this time with your families and friends and whatnot. Yeah. So then, that incorporating that family worship time into those evenings, you're you're taking care of a lot of that relationship with God, yeah. with your kids, with your wife, yeah, um, husband, yeah, uh, and then you go into your rest period. And then go into your day. And then go into your yeah. day again. So right. same same kind of theme, which I just, I was like, okay, well, two people. It's like three books that are basically. Oh. They, I mean, two books that are emphasizing. One really emphasizing mental health. Yep. And the busyness of leadership. And Absolutely. To rest. One emphasizing the relational importance of engaging with family and rest. And the other one also saying uh, the importance of passing on your faith to your kids. Yeah. It's kind of the family worship book. Yeah. Um, that that's not just the pastor's job or exactly. the ministry's job, but it's actually the job of parents to raise their kids in the faith. Exactly. And so having time for that, but, but all of those relate to choosing the rhythm, the right the, rhythm, the rhythm choose, and, and that idea of evening first, getting the, these really essential things that we often long and strive for. Like oh, how absolutely. many of us don't wish for more rest? Okay. <laughs> like yeah. How, yeah, how exactly. many of us are like, you know, I'm not, I'm not that busy. Yeah. And I rest a lot. You know, like I think most of us are more on the hairy side than not. Right. Um, and I think most Christians would say, yeah, I want to feel closer to God. And if we have kids, we want to see our kids um, grow up in the faith. I remember talking, it was at that same ACOP retreat to, to uh, Jeff, Jeff and Brenda, no, Jerry, Jerry. Schutzes, yeah, who are the mission directors for ACOP and just talking about raising our kids. And Jerry was saying, um, that that's the most important place of discipleship. Oh, absolutely. For for families is is um, and so and that's that's important to, for me to remember when I'm thinking about discipleship of the whole church and about um, you know reaching out to the community and all that stuff that comes with pastoral leadership to go yeah but I also need to be I want my kids to see that I love Jesus and that my faith I want them to know that my faith was real. Right. Israel. Like yes. when they look back that they're like, dad spent time praying with us, right. Reading the Bible with us. And, and that mattered. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and actually that family worship book is so good because mm -hmm. it, he talks about, uh, just take 10 minutes. Like yep. this is not complicated. Like yep. if, if, if the little ones are, so we've actually started doing this where we're, so we, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. yeah. So we, so we, uh, we have a, a kid's Bible that we, we just read a story and then we, we sing a song together and, and one of us prays and, and often, I mean, we've got five, three and one year old. Hmm. And so Will is usually careening on a couch. Um, and Rowan is kind of doing so like, it's not about getting them to just sit still the whole time, right. but, but they know before bed, we stop and do this. Right. And that, having that rhythm built in yeah. starts to actually shape their habits and shape their loves. Oh, absolutely. Right? And so that, yeah, it's so cool. Actually, it's so cool with Noah. Cause he'll, he'll start signing. Mm. Jesus loves me. That's what he loves. Jesus. Uh, loves me. Yeah. So, yeah. So he'll, he'll start signing Jesus and no. Right. And right. Uh, he knows 
We, yeah. we turned off the TV and now we're going to sing Jesus loves me. And that, oh, he doesn't, so you know, cool. that he just, he knows that yeah. part of it. Right. Yeah. Um, but all of that comes back to this idea of investing in family life. Right. Uh, and caring for ourselves. Maybe you don't have a family, right? but you can still choose to, to say, Hey, and I'm going to actually turn off my devices and take time this evening for rest. Right. As yes. the phone rings. Yeah. Exactly. As the phone rings <laughs> telling us there's stuff happening, you know, that, um, my day actually starts in the evening and I can try and, and invest in practices uh, that matter to me and play that matters to right. me is when I yeah. take time to try and learn an instrument or right. read a book exactly. or phone that friend or write that letter or do art or, yeah. or just do something kind of mindless and, right. and just settle your, your mind on something or right. exercise or, exactly. you know, but invest in life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny that you mentioned exercise too, because that's another one of those things that they kind of talk about mm. is with our off kilter rhythm, that's, it brings or sends us out of the house, right? If we're doing this after our, right in our relational time, we're going out of the house to the gym or whatever. Right. And, and going back to the Bedouins, how they didn't need to go to the gym because the so, physical yeah. agrarian work, the work right? was exercise. So yeah. It's just part of how the world has changed, but right. yeah. we can incorporate that all into yeah. what we do now. Yeah. Something to, so yeah, the family relationships and whatnot, very important and it affects that. But something else that they touch on that I found really interesting was, I mean, in Dryden, we're, we're small enough that we're a community in ourselves, yeah. but yeah. city centers, um, are more affected by this, mm. but with all of the, all of the activities and everything between your own activities, your kids activities. So they, they kind of described it as you have your circle, which is you. And okay. then each activity is another circle. And then each kid is their own circle. That's it's a relationship to manage. Right, right. Right. So then off of them, there's more circles because you're involved in those activities. Their school, their exactly. sport, whatever. Now, all of those little circles, they rarely actually intersect. Mm, it's all different people. Yeah. So okay. your relationships, so those are like circles of relationships. Yeah. Your relationships, you're trying to manage like 50 relationships, uh, which means that we never actually really get to know our our neighbors, our friends, everybody I else. See. Whereas the idea that they kind of propose is having a more community-minded, so you know what, your, your kids, keep your kids going to school close to home, go to church mm. close to home, work close to home, or live close to those things. Which we can do quite well in Dryden. In Dryden, yeah. exactly, <laughs> right? Yeah. But all of your activities, so then don't have like a, a separate group that you go and do this and a separate group that you go ah. and do this segregated groups because then nobody actually knows each other. It's like having lots of shallow relationships exactly. instead of a few good ones. And that's yeah. the thing. So if you're like, if we're involved in church and then a Bible study and um, our kids are in the same hockey league or whatever, right. then at least you're, you're intersecting relationships, that kind of right. thing. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it becomes a little more of a, a focused like almost instead way. of just how do I get my kid involved in so many different activities yes. for their sake? What are some good activities for them, but where we can also invest in relationships with our neighbors? That's right. That's exactly it. Plus, you know. um, statistically, <laughs> they actually talk about how you can make these adjustments. And mm. they're like, research, research shows that 
the kids actually would prefer not to be doing all these activities. <laughs> the kids do better. But the parents <laughs> feel that they need to be given a fair shot to excel in everything. Right. And so it's kind of a mentality thing again there, but mm -hmm. it all comes back to the rhythm of life and recognizing we don't mm -hmm. need to be doing a hundred different things. Yeah. And we really need to focus on relationships yeah. um, between our family, between a closer and, and the of things friends. we do choose yes. to have that be a, a, have the yeah. yeah so their big thing was that we are we're relational creatures we are created that way we need to kind of keep that in mind yeah. when we're when we're choosing our rhythm choosing and it is a choice yeah. our it rhythm is a choice, is a choice. Right. <laughs> yeah whether you whether you're conscious of it or not exactly like it makes me think about at the end of the day because there's that thing of like well if i don't put my kid in all the stuff he won't xyz mm. like whatever yeah. yeah and i just that i feel like that could become a real slippery kind of idolatry thing that's actually very true like, yeah am i actually made an idol of what i think my kids future should be right yeah oh exactly <laughs> right? and, I, and i'm actually investing time and money in it yep you know i'm actually sacrificing to it well and and so the <laughs> sorry that, the money thing that's <laughs> right. another aspect is yeah. yeah so the there's actually a huge financial cost between sure. like when you think about like hockey, and hockey's stuff. crazy. Hockey right? is one of the crazy yeah. ones, but by the time you factor in travel yeah. and tournaments, fees and equipment yeah. and yeah. everything, there's a huge financial cost there. Speaking of the cost, though, so mm. part of the reason that all of this has become an issue, um, they they kind of addressed how we used to be. Mm. So single income family, right? There was you could live off of one income as a family, but both parents started working so that we could give a financial edge mm -hmm. to our families. Mm -hmm. It was well sort of like over the last kind of half a half. Yeah. Century, kind of in the, the 70s yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of yeah, is when they said, and so it, uh, yeah, both parents started working to bring in more money so that we could accumulate more, you know, human nature and yeah, everything right. there. Yeah. Um, and, prepare better for our families, but that, that brought in a couple of, mm. of negative aspects. So a, the cost of everything went up to match that because right. it's like, Oh, you can afford more. We're going to charge more. Yeah. Yeah. And then B it's also kind of put us in a place where if something happens and one mm. of the, the parents can't work, right. Well, you're, you stretch to be living off of two incomes. But now we're kind of bound to it. We're bound to it. So yeah. if one person can't work, we're hooped a lot of disability plans don't cover the full amount that you were making. It really, yes. it gets you in a bind that way. Yeah. So then that has affected, that's kind of where we're now mm. rushing around all the time with both parents working. Mm -hmm. And then we put our kids in programs a lot of times to compensate. Like for, even some of the daycare programs yep. now are, are exist because both parents are working. Yeah. So my parents yeah. aren't getting home. In time. Exactly. So now we're actually funding programs. Yeah. Yeah. That, that keep up this whole um, system of of kind of work comes first. Yes. This, this whole exactly. system comes yep. first. So yeah. all it was all very interesting the wow. way it all tied it together. Yeah. And between the two books, like I said, just the way. So one was a very Christian living book. One was a, a leadership book. Yeah. But they tied a lot of it together. And I was just. Yeah. All. Wow. Yeah. It all. Uh, it all resonated. Yeah. And. I, I thought you were going to talk about, I know we have to wrap this up, but I right. thought you were going to talk about the commuting. 
Oh, know, yeah. One of the books talked well, about how, again, not really an issue in Dryden. Right. But uh, in big city centers, people the, are... The average commute yeah. is 90, 90 minutes one way. That's wild. Average. Average, yeah. So <laughs> an hour and a half a day, or no, sorry, three hours a day goes to commuting. Yeah, some people are spending three hours a day just getting from one place to another. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. which encourages loneliness and not relationship building because you're in your car alone and... Yeah, yeah, there is a whole your, other aspect yeah, there's of that. Yeah, a whole other thing there. Yeah. And another jumping off point from that is our use of technology. Because oh, I, I remember being on the bus or uh, bus or the train in Vancouver, and we don't talk to each other anymore. We're yeah. all, instead of being engaged in the real world, we, we escape into a virtual world right. in yes. our hand. Yep. And uh, let alone the the back and neck problems that yeah. we're being hunched over, but just the the, the way that changes our social fabric yeah. and, and changes our mental health. Is well, huge. and yeah. it's funny because I actually, I have another book in my reading list yeah. coming up soon that addresses, it talks about that connectivity oh, wow. and the technology and yeah. stuff. So, yeah. Very good. Uh, okay. I think we got to wrap this up, but Brian, yeah, I'll grab this. Brian, appreciate you sharing that. I think that's been, a, that's been a really fun conversation. Um, yeah, we'll put these books and the the titles and the authors and where you can check them out. If you're interested in the description for this episode, um, we're going to do more of this, talk about what we're reading and, and, uh, just talk about some of these themes and ideas. That's really cool. Brian was saying how much he was enjoying how things all resonate together. And I was telling him, uh, how, how fun it is when we're, Oh, we're over. Not yet. Not yet. We're close. We have time limit. Uh, this is part of part of the fun of being a Christian and studying the Christian life and seeing how our discipleship interacts with so many areas of life. Right. Yeah. You know, it's so cool. So, hey guys, thanks for joining us. Thank you so we're gonna much. we're gonna send you off, and I hope you have a great week and you're blessed by that. We'll see you next time. See ya. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us this week. I'm really glad you're able to hop on and check out uh, what we're all about and really hoping that you were able to get something out of uh, our conversation this week. Um, like us, follow us, whatever platform that you're on, share us, um, get us out there. Uh, we just want to be able to bless people and really work with them and help them develop their, their Christian lives. Um, if you have any comments that you want um, to let us know about, um, if you have any questions that you want to ask that you'd like us to address in an episode, um, please feel free to um, send us a voice message um, right on our Anchor homepage, which can be found in the description of our channel here. Um, so check that out and um, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks so much, everyone.